It is what it is. You got spiders. <laughs> it's so and the s- fact that you sing it like Mike makes it even better for me, too. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
in its entirety, I very, very rarely ever. Only if I'm listening to their just three albums, then then I'll listen to it. But even then, I kind of yeah. taper off because it starts off strong. Like my favorite song is Two Runaways," the first track. Mm-hmm. Like that is a perfect song. It's slow. It's deliberate. It's it's fantastic. But then the album kind of like goes in and out of of its own like consciousness, really trying to like find itself, and it's just it's very weird. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Honestly, this is my this is my least favorite from them too. I don't think it's I honestly I don't think it's a very good record. I I just can't get into it. I tried, I tried, I tried, but that's it's fair. like it's everything everything that's not good or okay about Avalanche United. That's what this record is. There were things the, about Avalanche United that was not good. Well, just kind of we'll get Damn, into that. Spoilers. In a bit. We'll we'll get into that in a bit, but no, it's just it's it's a lot slower. Um, it's not nearly as catchy as the first two records. Uh, the one song that I, that that kind of stood out was 177 just because it was the only song that had some form of like up tempo energy like it was kind of fun but it was like almost like they were trying not to have fun <laughs> but that that's what this record is i don't think it's that great of an album i really don't it's just it was disappointing coming off the first two it was disappointing coming into this one but yeah that, that's my that's my least favorite is wolverines as well oh. i don't know what they're thinking but you want them to make another record. They'll probably make one like this again. Uh, what do you got for number two, Jeff, for I Am The Avalanche? What is their second worst record? But was it a bad album or it, was just, it wasn't that great? No, you tell me. You go first. No, the Wolverines. Like, what would you rate it? Just oh, Wolverines. Oh, brief, that, yeah. I'd probably give it like a 1.5. I, I didn't really. Okay. It just it didn't stick with me. I just that's, not, that's not terrible then. No, it's not a terrible it's not record. Good. It's just not yeah, what yeah. I want. Okay, that's good. I, I'd never go back to it, ever. I didn't give it a two either, so that's fine. Yeah, that's sad um, for one of your favorite bands. Well, because the next two completely make up for it. Well, debatable. I mean, just like Weezer. Weezer's like my favorite band because of one album they've done. <laughs> so. Weezer's done one album you love and one album you think is good and the rest <laughs> of the albums you think are shit. Shit. So, Complete so what, garbage. 11, what, like 11 <laughs> or 12 shit albums, <laughs> one good album and one uh, perfect album. But they're your favorite band. That one's too good. I mean... Makes sense, I guess. I don't know. All right, their their second best album, not their second, their second worst best, their second best album because this album is a banger of an album. But uh, it's their self titled "I Am the Avalanche." It's their their debut. It's uh, it's coming off the coattails of the breakup of the movie life, and everybody's kind of wondering what's what's Vinny gonna do? What's gonna happen? What's gonna what's he gonna do? And then he fucking comes out with this and blows everyone away except for everyone and so um this this was this was like very rock oriented in that it was like the music was melodic it was heavy it was just very simple but like mm-hmm. the bass playing in this is is almost in all of actually it's two out of the three avalanche albums like the bass key is really like low-key pretty fantastic like it's fucking good and yeah this one is 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 kind of like the movie life in that he's still transitioning into a more aggressive rock sound rather than that sound from the movie life, which is hard because the movie life has transitioned itself from their two and a half albums. And so they, their <laughs> sound has changed completely. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's bizarre. Uh, I don't know. But like murderous, okay. that was the first I am the Evelyn song that I heard was murderous. I think angel friend of the pot, angel C Showed me I am the Avalanche <laughs> back in the day, and uh, I was I was already I was already hooked because I never really liked the movie life that much. Um, I appreciate them more now, and I, I I listen to them more now. Yeah, because I'm 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 a, I'm, I'm a Vinnie man, 
now. Yeah, you are. You truly but, are, uh, yeah. Dude, like the... I like Vinny's vocals because they're so gritty and they're so dirty, but they're kind of like endearing. Like you, you kind of like trust him. You kind of feel that he is your friend the way he sings because he's singing like to you. They're not. I don't want to compare it too well, but much like in the way like I've found Kurt Cobain's vocals just to be kind of like that style, almost like he's just singing to yeah. you. It's just very earnest. That's kind of the same style that Vinny has. He has that, he has that, that grittiness in his voice, but it's not annoying like... Um What's his name from uh, Chuck Reagan from uh, Hot Water from Music? Hot Water Music, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I still to this day I don't understand why people like Hot Water Music so much. I just don't get it. It must be his lyrics. His lyrics must be that amazing. But I'm sure when I if I ever read them, I'll just be wildly disappointed <laughs> um, as to why people enjoy Hot Water Music. I, I don't do not get it. <laughs> I do not get that fucking band. And Chuck Reagan is. I've seen Chuck Reagan perform acoustically, and it was so fucking boring. I would. I, it why was you, awful. Why would you go to that? Because he he opened up for uh, Dustin Kensrue, the singer from Thrice, oh. and because Dustin had a pretty popular solo career as an acoustic artist, and so Annie and I used to go to go to a bunch of his acoustic shows, and Chuck Reagan opened up several of them, and he was just he's it's awful. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But because he just has like one style. Chuck Reagan has one style of vocals, and it's just like that that same grittiness, and it doesn't. It just doesn't work for everything, and it well, it just really doesn't work in general. But yeah, I don't like, I don't at least like it at all. Dustin can do the screaming; he could do the grittiness; he could do the clean vocals well. So that's what makes him great from Thrice. But yeah, anyway, this is not a Thrice pod. This is a I am the Avalanche pod. Thrice pod. Uh, okay, what do you think my number my my second worst um, my second worst I am the Avalanche album is? I think it's the same thing. I think they're self titled or debut. You get the nail on the head. You get the nail on the head. It is their self-titled. I, when when the song when the the album opens, I thought it sounded a lot like uh, Bullets and Octane. More specifically, Pirates, the song Pirates. It oh, kind of okay. has that like that that shanty sound with the drums, the pirate shanty sound with the drums, and like the the bass playing, and the guitars are kind of in the background. So it kind of reminded me of that. Um, but then and I'm like, oh, this is really this this could be really fucking good. It can this album's gonna be great. And then as you progress more through the record, it gets less of that and it gets more of like what we get on Avalanche United. Uh, well, I don't but know like why not, you not thought, as like polished. Did you like think it was going to be a different sound? I forgot. I, for, I honestly okay. forgot what I Am the Avalanche sounded like because we did this record. We didn't do well, this like We did Avalanche United. Well, we did, yeah, we did Avalanche United like maybe three years ago. This is like early, early on in the pod. So I've, I, remember, I remember Brooklyn Dodgers. That was like really the only song I truly remembered from that album but but yeah but the self-titled record um it's it's a little more pop punk than i was expecting it, so it to me it reminded me more of the movie life um but that, that makes sense considering the movie life just ended and Vinny starts this band so i i totally get that but it's it's definitely a departure from avalanche united but it, it's still a solid output and it almost made my my number one spot but it had to be Ooh. the second worst uh but my my two favorite songs are tied between Dead and Gone and um, I Took a Beating. But probably I Took a I Beating. I knew is, you like I Took a Beating. Yeah. That's a well, that's, that's the a most fun punk song. rock sound on the whole album. It totally is. <laughs> it's it's pretty solid. Yeah. That's a good one. But Dead and Gone's really good too. So it was hard hard to pick between those two. My favorite part on the album is in I Took a Beating. It's when they're playing the guitar, it's really fast, like ding, 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 and then it mm-hmm. changes in like an octave and it goes a little bit lower. Like that's yeah. my favorite part of the whole album. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's a very good song. Good good album. 
really good album, honestly. Oh, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about the record. That's nice. Yeah. So what, I guess what, the, what, what would you rate that? What, 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 what would you do? Uh, I'd give it a solid two. I'd give it a solid oh, two. Oh, God. So you said you were torn between putting these at number one. So like clearly your Avalanche United is going to be, oh, 2.2, 2.2, maybe 2.1, maybe 2.15. I don't know, man. Maybe something changed. Maybe something changed. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see by the end of this how much you yell at me. But <sighs> All right. Well, that, that leads us to our uh, both of our, our favorite. This doesn't happen very often, but our favorite our favorite, favorite, our favorite album by this band, Avalanche United, is their album, Avalanche United. Avalanche United, I mean, I am the Avalanche, formed in 2004 in Brooklyn, New York by Vinnie Caruna after the breakup of the band The Movie Life. The band currently have three full-length albums and three EPs, but the album we're doing today, Avalanche United, is their third album, and it was released October 11th, 2011. The album features Vinnie Caruna on vocals and guitar, Michael Ireland on guitar, Brandon Swanson on guitar, Kellen Robson on bass, and Brett Romnis Romnis on drums. Now, Jeff, what are your first impressions on "I Am the Avalanche" and this record in general? Go! Oh, jeez. So yeah, I uh, I I got into this band, this group, these fools. I can't remember the year, but um, a friend of the pod, Angel, showed like one song. I think he had like a demo disc of a couple of their tracks from their first album and i was uh, i was i was immediately hooked again i mm-hmm. i liked some of the movie life because 
their their second album in particular reminded me or still reminds me a lot of like the Get Up Kids sound. Yeah. Because their first album was very, it's a little more poppy. And then they kind of went into that, that darker, like post-hardcore thing. And then they signed a drive-through and got very pop punk. And subsequently, that's kind of why they broke up. But I liked some of the movie life and I still do. I still playlist them. But when I heard I Am the Avalanche, man, that was just, I don't know, something in my head just clicked. And I said, this, this is, this is good. This is This good. is it. And so that first album, loved it. Fantastic. Uh, Never saw him live. But then they came out with Avalanche United. And then I finally got to see him live. And they played with Bayside, who at the time I didn't like. Uh-huh. I appreciate them a lot more now. Bayside, I'm the Avalanche, and then Saves the Day, which I was super stoked for Saves the Day. And it turned out to be one of the worst performers I've ever seen. But I'm the Avalanche fucking killed it. And that, uh, that album that we're doing today, Avalanche United, I think is just absolutely unbelievable. Blows my mind every time I hear it. And this band is so cool. Like everybody in this band has their own kind of unique life in and outside of the band. And so like what's really cool about I Am The Avalanche is they just sound like a bunch of guys that just, they don't want to have a career in music. They just want to like play music together and do other things. And they come together and they drink beer and they just have fun. And then that's it. Yeah. There's no big expectations of, of, of being like the next Taking Back Sunday or Brand New because both of those bands have ties to Vinny and the movie life. And so there's there's no big yeah. expectations well, of that. Yeah. They know exactly what they want from the music and that's all they do. And I think Avalanche United is the perfect example of that musically and lyrically. Yeah. Don't know yep. if that answered your question, but... That's no, it. that was great. That was, that was wonderful. That's it. I'm glad. That's it. That's all. I did want to, before I get into my, my first impression, I wanted to, to make a point like how specific the music scene was in that part of the U.S. So like New York, New Jersey and stuff like, especially New York and New Jersey, the music scene was just very much of that style. So like, like what you said, the movie life, Taking Back Sunday, brand new, like those three bands right there are just, their style is so specific to that time and to that, that's just, just the sound. It's crazy. And how all these, those three bands, especially, well, especially Taking Back Sunday and Brand New, but all three of those bands are wildly connected in so many ways, how they all played with each other in other bands. And it's so, so interesting. It, it, it's a lot like how we saw in the Orange County hardcore scene back in the late nineties and early two thousands. Like, it's just weird how all these bands are interconnected, but but then if you look at the both styles of music from OC hardcore and the up in like New York, New Jersey hardcore, they're just so wildly different in sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird how yes. just, you know, being on opposite sides, opposite sides of the U S can make the style of music that much different. Cause over here, what you had a tray, you death by stereo, 18 visions over there. You had those three bands I just mentioned, but they weren't like hardcore in the hardcore scene, but it was still close to that. It's just, it's it's interesting how we how we digest music within like the DIY scene or the the indie scene. It's super weird, super super weird. But anyway, yeah, my my first impression on I Am the Avalanche, I had never really heard them. Maybe in passing with you, but I never really heard them until we originally had done this album, uh, Avalanche United. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like back then, I from what I remember, I liked it. Uh, but this time, I think I liked it a lot more than I did prior, especially after reading the lyrics. I think now that we're we're diving into the lyrics, I'm appreciating music a lot more, or at least from a different perspective oh, yeah. than I used to. 
and it made me like these songs a lot more because he's more the way the way he writes his lyrics aren't just there aren't they aren't all about the same thing there's some personal stuff but then there's also stuff in there just showing like the positivity of life and i i like that i like that that kind of balance on this record and uh but yeah that that's kind of my, my first impression with i'm the avalanche is honestly through you but that, oh. that's about it but then i i mean you know after listening to these Ooh, three records ah, i'm like ah. Let, let's go back and listen to the movie life i'll listen to those four records so i did that honestly it was a great time I was it was great and then and then you put your pick in and pieced out and I'm like wow this is this is really great too and I will say right now Jeff oh god we'll say right now this is honestly no knock to I am the avalanche but they're my least favorite out of those three they're really my least favorite so I mean when you say that's no knock to them that I mean that's it's, that's the hardest of knocks that's a bang but it's that's not it's not it's not because this album is still great but when you when you compare it to like especially that first record by the movie life that record is i was blown away i was honestly blown away by that first record from the movie life i couldn't believe that that it was that good because i've i've kind of like shit talked them over the years especially because you liked them so i had to shit talk them uh but no that that first record is amazing and then i heard pieced out and hearing that's vinnie as well i'm like this guy has truly like a really good range in styles of music. Like the, the guy is fucking talented, plain and simple. The guy's talented. I like his lyrics. I think he does a lot vocally and he does a lot of those things vocally really well. So he's, he's a talented dude. Totally talented. Okay. So well, nothing, but, not, nothing but respect for the guy. Let's just really quick get into the movie life because I feel it's important to, to understand the movie life and then get into I Am The Avalanche. But the first, when you say the first record, because Spotify had them listed a little bit different than like uh, like Wikipedia does as their first record. Oh, do they? So if you're going by the first record on Spotify, I think that's actually their second record. Is it? Let me, hold on, let me see. Let me see. I think I did was going just by f- from Spotify. It's the one that has like the the red on the front. It was like like yeah yeah that or was something. that was the one I listened to first. Okay, so that one that one's a lot more like punk influenced than their second one. They got a little bit um, a little bit poppier on their second record, and the second record is what I think like very much was inspired by like the Get Up Kids, and then yeah. their third record is the one where they finally went to drive through records, and just being on drive through like clearly the pop punk's gonna rub off on you. And yeah. that's sort of like the downfall of the movie life. They dove really deep into the pop punk sound, which is fine, but their first two are better than the last two. And the band oh, members didn't like that. They didn't like getting into the pop punk music. They liked their kind of unique style of their first two records, of that weird, that post-hardcore sound, right? The melodic hardcore is what they say, too. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird thing, and I think that's absolutely only, what it was. was only saying hardcore. that because of because of the vocals and stuff. Like, there's nothing, especially in their se- their second record. There wasn't really anything like hardcore about it, unless you want to call it just minus the vocals. The Get Up Kids could also be considered hardcore. I don't know. I would say I would say, well, not the Get Up. I wouldn't say the Get Up Kids are hardcore, but the the first record in the in how it was recorded, it has that very kind of raw sound to it. Uh, production wise but then also the music itself was was a little bit faster it was a little bit edgier uh it was just kind of like like sporadic which was fun you know it's just like it seemed like it was it was just like a combination of like almost random ideas thrown into a song 
which can be really good at times. Like if, if it's done right, it could be done really well. Like early thrice was that too. Early thrice was a lot of random ideas thrown into a song and then they constructed a song around those, those weird ideas. And I felt like that's kind of how this first movie life album was. And then after that, you started to see him like uh, slow down a lot more. Like if you, even if you look at like the track listing, like the, the timing on the track listing, the songs on the second record are, are a little bit longer than the first record. And I think that just comes down to like tempo. The tempos are faster and they're just kind of, they're more all over the place, which is, I kind of liked it. It was, it was refreshing after hearing what the avalanche United, what is it's funny because when you say for their first record, it's their second record, but Spotify fucked it up. So this time next year is their second record. Yeah. It's the first, this time next year starts off with like a 30 second song and then bleeds mm-hmm. into that that song that you almost think is the same one, but because there's that stop in it, that deliberate stop, which is yeah. I think Vinny is, is he, he uses that deliberateness in a lot of his music. There's that stop in there, so that's how you only know that it's two different songs. But yeah, mo- a lot of the songs are like a minute long, a minute and a half long, two minutes. The first one's thirty seconds. It's that first record that it's it's go time. That's maybe the, so like that's the one that I think sounds a lot like the Get Up Kids. So they started really? off kind so. of like a like a. Well, it would be your second album then. Yeah, so this time next year would be... That's weird. But why does it sound so different from the first one? It sounds like way faster than the first one. It is. It is. It's a lot faster. I don't know why. I mean, they did have a different label at that point. Maybe that changed something. I don't know. Who were they, who were they signed to? Revelation? I don't, I don't recognize that it label. Was, it was some... The, the only reason why I know is because it, I, when I looked it up, it's a, it's a, it's a hardcore punk label. And okay. on that label were Gorilla Biscuits, Sick of It All. Ooh, so, oh, so there was some. I, there's already some iconic like hardcore punk bands. So maybe that's why their sound kind of changed a little bit. Because yeah. their first album, they're on a different label. I don't know anything about that label, but um, I don't know. That's. I really like their second album. That's that's like my favorite one by them. That's that's the one then that I, you think of as the first. Yeah, that's my favorite one by them too. I was. I think it's fucking fantastic. I, I think it's. It's remarkably very, very good. I was, I was really kind of blown away when I was driving around listening to it. I, I couldn't believe this is this was the same guy singing. Yeah, it's just, it was crazy. It was so fucking crazy. But I mean, everything else isn't bad. The the other three records aren't. They're not bad at all. No, they're not. They're not bad. They're just. But they're different. But just that that second record is just like a. I don't know. It's weird. It's super weird how they how they did that. I, I don't especially know. now knowing it's their second record. That's even weirder. I don't know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? But Peaced Out. We got to yeah. bring up pe- Peaced Out. Peaced Out, Peaced Out is a really cool <laughs> band. Like like we said in the other pod, Peaced Out is just is just this, like like again, similar to I Am The Avalanche, it's just a bunch of guys that said, hey, we all come from sort of different backgrounds, but we all really like music. We really like hanging out. We really, we really like just kind of experimenting. So let's get together. Let's let's do our best in like a weird way, and if we fuck it up, then we'll record it and we'll release it as like an album. Because their EP from Peaced Out is a lot different than the album itself that was released. Like this, I didn't year. listen to the EP. It's way more technical, way more like almost like math rock. So it's more like so. I guess it is more like Sound of Animals fighting. Yes, because yeah. like I like I had said prior, I felt like the Peaced Out record, the new Peaced Out record, was was like a polished more like simpler version of the sound of animals fighting. So, yeah. the, so it is more just like experimental and weird or like, yeah, yeah I guess you said math rock that, that makes sense. I didn't even know like the second but, one was even out this year. That's that was surprised me. I didn't, it's that's been like eight super years. Rad. Honestly. Okay, so I was thinking yesterday, I was thinking, 
you know, normally at the end of the year, we have our top five albums that have come out this year. Yeah. That's right now at this point, that is in my top five. Oh. Peaced oh. Out is in my top five album of the year. Not number one yet, but it's in the top five, depending on what else comes out. Damn, the year's almost half over, too. It's over half over, and I got I got three albums right now that are in my on my top five. Damn. So they're all kind of being juggling. They're they're juggling in the, juggling. the top three spots right <laughs> now. Yeah. Juggling. Ooh. Juggling. But yeah, okay. peace out. They're 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 probably just because they have so little, but it, the little that they have is so good. They're going to be my favorite. They're they're my favorite out of Vinny's stuff. And then the movie life, and then I am the avalanche. That's where it goes. That is that's just nuts to me. That's crazy. But I mean, come on, man. You got to respect it. I don't do, first. I don't, I don't do respect gotta, anything. You, first, you got to respect all. me. The fuck out. No, I. You got to respect me. That's like the because least I got thing I valid respect. opinions. Ah. <laughs> 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 I think I, I think I've avoided doing that this episode, except right now. Did I do it? Oh, yeah, fuck. at at <laughs> fucking. All right, now we got the movie life out of the way. We can also bring up Eddie Reyes, right? Like, so that's 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 an important name in that scene. Absolutely, he was Eddie Reyes. If you don't know, is the, was the guitarist for Taking Back Sunday. He started Taking Back Sunday. He, did he start the movie life as well? He was he was part of the the original crew, yeah. I don't know if he okay. specifically started it, but yeah, he was part of the original crew. He, I feel like he's the he's the base of all of the popular bands that came out of that scene. Eddie Reyes is like like the unsung hero, right? He's the, he truly is the unsung <laughs> hero because he knew how to find the right members. Like if you look at Taking Back Sunday, so Eddie Reyes started that band. He got Jesse Lacey to join Taking Back Sunday in the beginning. And then Jesse turned out to be a total shithead because he is a shithead. He was back then and he still is. But so he got Jesse Lacey and then he got Adam in. And then he found like amazing guitar players. So, you know, John Nolan came in originally. And then you had Fred Mascherino came in to replace him. Another amazing guitar player. Fall of Pangea is a great band from that scene as well. And then you had Matt Fozzie. He brings in from like Brooklyn as well to to replace uh, Fred. And then eventually when Fred, when, when, then the, well, they fire Matt, but they fired Matt and then they brought back, um, John Nolan. So it's like, he, he's like the, the mastermind of this scene, I feel. And you hear any, any of these other guys like talking in interviews, they'll always say like, oh yeah, Eddie was, was the guy that, that helped start this band or, or started this band or did this for the scene or did that. But nobody really talks about him. It's weird. It's super he's weird. Like, he's like the original like manager, I guess, for, for the scene because, I mean, he wasn't even on any of the Movie Life's albums. He, he had already left by that point. But for him to kind of like say, oh, you like this kind of music? Like, you should hook up with this dude because I think you and him would get along. And then they'd go form like Taking Back Sunday. And then yeah. he would, like he could recognize people's it's likes, crazy. dislikes, who they are, and then hook them up with other people and they become successful together. And like he's like that. He's, he's like the matchmaker, right? Like the or like, like the a, Will Smith like, of Hitch. Or he's like a like like a true A and R, A and R guy for like a big label, you know. Yeah. But he did it for for this small scene. But this small scene, you know, blew up cute, these bands, you know. So, it, man, he, I, he truly is. And I follow him on Instagram. And he he got he left Taking Back Sunday a couple years ago because he was uh, some serious issues with like, I think it was like alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. So he left the band to like get clean and stuff. And it's kind of sad seeing nowadays because he's kind of like in financial hardship and 
he like constantly talks about like how he wants to come back to the band, but they kind of don't want him to come back. But yet, like like in like official press releases, they say, "Oh yeah, Eddie's always welcome back in the band," <laughs> but he never does. And he always talks about, oh, "I miss my friends." I miss playing music with my friends. I miss this and that. Like I want to get back to it now that I'm clean, but now it seems like he's getting screwed, even though he was the one who helped create a lot of this shit. It's fucked. It's yeah. totally fucked. I mean, I I don't I I can't say too into it, but I can kind of understand like taking Max and his hesitation for getting somebody on and going on like a world tour, and and but there's a problem that the guy may relapse or something and cancel yeah. the tour. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of fans that like now you're letting down. And if they're not as good friends as they used to be, then I mean, that kind of sucks. Also like, but there's also like a loyalty and a respect that you should show to the guy. I mean, the guy started the band. He was the only band member that had been there from the very, literally the very beginning. He was the only original band member. Like if you look at taking back Sunday's lineup, there are no original band members left. Eddie was the only one. So I don't know. It just seems Seems shady. Poor Eddie. But anyway. Yeah. Poor Eddie. Poor Eddie. He seems like a nice dude. I've heard him on podcasts and stuff. He's been on quite a few podcasts over like the last year. It's a, it, it's also hard too because okay, I, I understand he's the only original member, but that's like there's so many bands that started as, as three guys in a garage and they said, let's call our band Taking Back Sunday. And then their first album yeah. is, is their singer yeah. forever. Right, so just be—I don't know. I, I feel like from your first album but on, see, that would be like but the, the first, origin but, of your band. But their first EP didn't have Adam Lazar on vocals. But nobody had a knows the EP. Oh come on, Jesse tell Lacey friends, was on it. Tell all your friends is taking back Sunday. That's the their true best heads. album they've ever done. That's not their best <laughs> album. Tell your friends it's not their best album. You're fucking insane. We've already agreed on this. We, we did it together. We did not. We, ag- our, our, our rankings matched up. I would never agree you to said, that. You said tell your friends you know it's I would best never album agree to that album being the best. That's not even top three. Louder Now was their worst. That's what you said. <laughs> You're an idiot. Not even top three. Why are we talking about Team Max? I don't want to talk about Team Max anymore. It's stupid. Stupid Yeah, band. let's go back to I Am the Avalanche. Stupid band, stupid lunch. Don't care. Yes, correct. <laughs> Okay. Well, all right. So, what? What are? What do we have? Any stinkers off of Avalanche United, or do you want to talk about movie life or? No, I'm out done with movie life. I'm done with pieced out. I'm done okay. with. I mean, he he also has other bands that he's been in and is still in. He has a solo stuff. When I talk about him, it's, it's Vinny. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. He's also. I mean, just I guess now we're talking about Vinny. From fun facts about Vinny, he's a big Liverpool fan. Loves Liverpool. Mm-hmm. With pieced out, he wrote a song that was about the Hillsborough disaster. Where yeah, uh, I read that. 96 fans died from that shitty stadium during a Liverpool mm-hmm. match during the FA Cup. Um, he's also in another band with a one-time drummer from the movie Life called Constant Elevation. And the drummer does like a probot type of thing where he writes all of the music. And then he just asks Vinny to put vocals down. A little, uh-huh. little more like second album movie Life slash first album movie Life that you like. Okay. It's on Spotify, okay. so you might like I'm that. Like- might get into that, yeah. Um, other than that, he's just a very like, just a very normal guy, right? He bartends when he's not playing music to help pay for his bills, and he likes bartending. But he doesn't also like bartending because in New York, the bars don't close till four in the morning. Yeah. So by the time he's done like counting his money, cleaning up, he doesn't get home and go to bed till like six. And says during the winter, he never sees the sun because he's constantly sleeping during the day. <laughs> so like it affects his mental health, and he he says he, he doesn't like it because he kind of goes crazy. Um, 
but he's just a cool dude. Like every interview I've seen, every interview I've read, every time I've seen him play live, he's just always nice to everybody. And even when he's not like nice, like he he tells people like, you know, I I really not feeling this today. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be here. And then he'll leave. Like very respectful to everybody. And like above all else, what I really love about him, the Avalanche, is how how much they appreciate their fans and family. It seems that way. Lyrically, more than, more than like most bands I've ever even known about. It's, I mean, the one song entirely is about everybody who who's, who has helped them throughout their career. On yeah. this album, I think that's a very New York thing, though. A very very New York, and I'm assuming he's Italian by his name, right? I, th- I think you pronounce it Caruana. Car- Caruana. I think so. Uh, I I've heard Caruna. Him, I, I've heard him do an interview once where he he said, but it was like really quick, so it was like Caruana. And I still couldn't really pick it up, but I want to say it's Caruana. But Karuna, I've always said, so yeah. we'll stick with Karuna. It's you. It's but just, just to throw it out there. Yeah. I mean, the, but that, the, I mean, assuming he is Italian, that's a very tight knit community, especially in New York. It's, I mean, so it makes sense. You know, it's all about family and big close friends. So good it's cool. What? Damn, it's good stuff. It's two, it's two good stuffs. So you have no stinkers on this record, right? No, of course not. I have no stinkers. Well, I don't have any stinkers either. Woo! Uh, there are no no stinkers. There are a couple of okay to good songs, but yeah, definitely no stinkers. It's it's a solid playthrough. It's not normally my style of music, but I think what this is my just my opinion on why you might like it because there are a lot of moments that remind me of Dropkick Murphys because one, it's like very like pro or very um very what am I trying to think? Very Say family, that. very friends, very drinking, well, that, very but also, having a good time. Well, that, but also very, uh, oh my God, I, I'm having a little brain fart, but I forgot the word, the very proud, very proud of like your, your heritage or very proud of where you come from. And that's kind of how the dropkicks are too. They're very proud of Boston, but Vinny seems very proud of New York and more in Brooklyn more specifically. So I, I, and then even like the, the, the chanting and the gang vocals are very much dropkick Murphys, especially the gang vocals. So I feel like that's kind of why you like them a lot too. But I, I mean, I, there's there's a million reasons. Why, I mean, not a million. There's a lot of reasons why I like I am the Avalanche. And so, okay, so you only have. Do you have any bangers? How many bangers do you have? Uh, let me let me run through. I have, I think I have five, oh. five bangers. Yeah, I got five. I got five what, bangers. What is your favorite song? We'll do yes, your favorite song. Bangers. We'll do my favorite song. Then I'll yell at you for all the other bangers you don't have. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn Dodgers. That's really? my that's my number one banger. Yeah, I love that song. I think it uh it just it has that 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 gang vocal vibe and it's just very happy. It's very positive. I just I think it's such a cool, cool song and it's just fun to sing along to. I always get it stuck in my head. Or at least over this last week, it's been constantly stuck in my head. But yeah, Brooklyn Dodgers is my number one. But there's a my second banger is a close one. Like it's it almost I try, it's like right on the edge. Oh, but what, what don't you like about Brooklyn Dodgers being a little bitch? What you already teased me with your second one. That's close. I, I gotta know. I can't think about anything else until I know what your no, close no, no, second no. Is. Let, let, let's let's get into Brooklyn Dodgers and then we'll get into no, your, your number one banger. No, it's great. It's, it's perfect song. Go ahead. So, what was your second thing <laughs> that you wanted to? No, I, I, no. I think Brooklyn Dodgers is, is a great song. It's fun. The drum beat's really fun. There's a lot of that that snare usage where it's really fast. Um. What they do a lot that's really well is is in like verses. Half of the verse will be musically kind of slower, a little more abstract, 
And then the second half of the same verse will go into like the more traditional verse, mm-hmm. like band playing together, right? Does that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. The the bridge in here I, I like because it's so calm sounding, but musically it's very chaotic and, and weird. But then again, like the other half of that of that bridge there goes into a more traditional thing. And they they more really lean yeah. into the traditional layout of songs. But it's the way they use bridges the and part. the way they like to stop abruptly and the way they like to transition songs. It's it's very weird and peculiar. And a lot of bands can't pull it off that well. And mm-hmm. after I, in a little bit, I won't go back to Holy Fuck because that's a perfect example of it. But Bur- Brooklyn Dodgers is a fantastic song, and it's it's a really cool, it's a really cool way for him to kind of tell you where he's been in his life, like where he came from, who his family was, but at the same time still say, "But I still love the city. I still love Brooklyn. I still love New York. I still love everything about it. But I also love mm-hmm. the history behind everything." And he mentioned something about like yeah. people that changed their names to seem more American. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because I wonder if his family at some point did change their name to seem more American. If they did come from, if he's Italian, if they did come from like Italy at some point and then change their last name and then he changed it back or whatever it is. There's, I, I couldn't find a lot of history on that aspect, but. Oh, you actually looked it up. Yeah. I I think his 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 lyrics are very simple and basic. But I think there's this weird subconscious mm-hmm. about him where sometimes he doesn't even realize how deep he can go. And then listening to his solo eh. stuff where it's just straight up like acoustic, it's very it's very self-aware to somebody who's not very self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Like, I, so I've written down a lot of lyrics here that I think are deeper than he even realizes. Not in Brooklyn okay. Dodgers, but other songs. I feel like Brooklyn, Brooklyn Dodgers is probably the most basic of his lyrics but i but it's still it's still good enough to where it, it makes for a good song like it's still interesting enough it's still a good homage to to everything else in his life and his or his life and his family so i lyrically it's not super deep but it's still really really good there's a good way of conveying it it's a long way too so that's not that's not even brooklyn oh well, why is he talking about well i mean i think he's from long island. Born in long actually island. i don't know where he's from i'm pretty sure he's from long island though nah well it's all Part of the same fucking oh, stupid city. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Damn, you need to piss off some New Yorkers. Pretty oh, I don't good. Give I think everybody from Long Island probably says, oh, yeah, we're from New York. And then people from, like, everywhere else in New York. Oh, say, like oh, Manhattan would never bullshit. say, yeah. Because isn't Long Island, no, well, not considered, Man- but it's like. Manhattan would just say, we're from Manhattan. True, yeah. Right? Like, Manhattan, yeah. if you say, oh, you live in New York? No, no, no. I live in Manhattan. Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so bougie. It's disgusting. I hate Th- it. This is just how I perceive it. New York is the worst. <laughs> this is how I perceive it. No, but like but, but like Long Island is worse than like Staten Island, I feel like. St- Staten Island is, is already, well, there's only five boroughs, right? And Staten Island would be the one where nobody really cares about, everybody forgets about. Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, know. I'm not, I'm not from there. My My entire perception of New York is two trips I've made and Jersey Shore. And My perception boss. is never being there and never, and the only show ever I've, I've ever watched in New York was Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which wasn't even filmed in New York. <laughs> so, yeah. I have yeah. no I have no point of reference. Except, oh, maybe Spider-Man, because Spider-Man took place in New York, Okay, right? there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I win. You lose, suckers. 
<sighs> okay, so what's your what's your, your number one banger here? Dodgers. That's my biggest my banger. Number one yeah. banger my but I'm like it's like I said, I in the Avalanche. Yeah. One of my favorite songs mm-hmm. of all time. I I like this is probably top ten song of all time. No. <laughs> There's no song on here that's top ten song of all time. Yeah. And that's, that's that's gratitude. This is a perfect song. Gratitude really? It is an unbelievable song. It's it's mm-hmm. set up so perfect. It's such an easy riff pattern. It's very slow. The drum beat's kind of slow. And like the way the drum beat kind of holds after that last note, mm-hmm. it's not like the one, two, three, four. It's like the and note, the one and two and three and four and and it's kind of it's kind of weird, and you wouldn't even expect it to be that note because it sounds like he should be hitting one more right after it. Yeah, but it's just so it's so subtle. But the song's a roller coaster, man. The song is a huge thank you to everyone they've ever had in their life that has helped them, like through the good times, which would be like the fast parts of the song, the bad times, like the slow parts of the song, and the times like you've just hated the other person, and that would be like him just screaming. He just screams at some point, just screams. It's a I'm perfect surprised. song. It's a that two taps like snare hit intro and the outro of the song is very very much the same, and and that chant Avalanche United, mm-hmm. that's what everybody's chanting at their shows. The, but this like is your fucking song? soccer team. It's unbelievable. I, I could listen to this song all day, just over and over. That's surprising. That this is not a this is not even a banger for me. That's that's crazy. That's that's wrong. That's wrong. I like the the clean guitar they throw in there though. Um, I thought that part was always really cool throughout the song. Um, really, the, the guitar playing is really the only really cool part. The lyrics are cool because, you know, they're just shouting everybody out. But other than that, I just, I mean, I, it's a good closer. Let's just say that. It's a good closer. But outside of that, it, I don't know. I just could not get into gratitude. Could that's, not do it, man. That's crazy. Maybe you don't like thanking people. Do you not like thanking people or something? No, I hate thanking people. Yeah, people okay. Well, that, that could be a reason why. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your lack of gratitude I, makes you. I hate never, I never show appreciation toward anything. That's true. There you go. That that's that's exactly why I don't like this song. Glory to God in the highest, man. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Okay, we're gonna talk about it too man, much. Gratitude. Like that's that much cause that's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Fucking love this song. <laughs> All the fucking songs. Okay. Even though oh it's not God. like it, I put this song sometimes on a playlist where I'm feeling like you know I don't, I want to listen to longer anthemic songs that are kind of choppy even though it's not like it i still incorporate into like a playlist where i would put like uh like like welcome home or like bohemian rhapsody like those type of songs that are kind of choppy and strewn together i still put this on there and i always put it as a closer to that playlist I always put it as the closer to the playlist because there's nothing oh so you you hear a band right so you curate your your playlist so you have to listen to it front to back you don't just hit shuffle? Sometimes. Most of the time I just do it shuffle, but this specific time I, I always put this as the last one. You're nuts, man. How that's up not there, nuts. That's up there with Bohemian Rhapsody and with Welcome Home from Coheed and Cambria. You I put that I song in. I didn't say it was like that on the same level of it. I no, just said but that, that, I, but you put it on the same playlist because it's on the same level as that. <laughs> that's insanity. Oh, you're crazy. You just said that. You just told me that. That's what you told me, did you not? I mean, I did, I did say that, but <laughs> I never said it was on the same level. Honestly, it's a good song, though. It's a good song. It's not bad, but definitely not a banger on this right I mean, You can see why I like this song. This is like my cup of tea. It has all the lumps of shit that I like in my tea. But it has no chicka chickas, as far as I can remember. That's right. There are chicka chickas on the album. 
Yeah, but there's none on that song. No, there's not. There's not. But that's not. That's not a. That's not a. An end-all determining deciding factor. That's true because your chicka chickas don't really make sense because you say you hate smells like Teen Spirit, but that <laughs> song is all chicka chickas. But you hate that song. You feel embarrassed That's probably the best use of chicka chickas outside of outside of Bulls on Parade. That is the best use of chicka chickas in a song. You love that song too. Those are your two favorite songs of all time. That's funny. Yeah, it smells good. like Dean Sperry and Bulls on Parade. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, God. Should we get into my number two banger that almost made it to my number one banger? Yeah, what's your number two banger? Let's get into my number two then, because Jeff is just so... He just wants to know everything about me, I guess. He just... He's obsessed with me. But my number two banger that almost made my number one is the song, Is This Really Happening? That song, holy shit, is that song good? Okay. Honestly, the the only reason why that song didn't make number one is because I didn't remember it from the last time we did this album. And Brooklyn Dodgers always get stuck in my head. But Is This Really Happening is un, is an unbelievable song. Absolutely unbelievable that they put this song out. Mainly because that transition into the chorus is the best part of the entire record. That transition and then the chorus itself, the the entire... Just that that melody is just so catchy, and then you have that short little guitar solo, which I'm sure you hate. So you probably hate this song because of that little short solo. But that's that song's a fucking banger. Okay, I don't care what you say. That should be your number one. Um, it's not my number one, but uh, I think it's a fantastic song. I think it's uh, the first verse when when he's basically describing who he's infatuated with and just how how high of a pedestal he puts his person on. I think the way he describes everything in the first verse, I think is, is insane. And so mm-hmm. when I, when I, when I say that he's, he's writing deeper than he even realizes, like this is it like this, the two parts <laughs> of the first verse are just absolutely crazy. I think you're, you might be giving him more credit than he deserves. I think it was intentional. I don't think it was either that or he's playing the long con of humbleness. I don't think he knows what long con even means. I don't think he understands that concept. I think he does. He's a very he's a very deep person. He's done a lot of things with other bands even that he guests on. And maybe it's just like him just constantly being overly nice and, and positive and and I don't know, friendly to everything. Like nobody ever has anything bad to say about this guy. Anybody this guy works with in any capacity, mm-hmm. they become like his best friends. Like he still says he's best friends with the singer from Head Automatica. Because he went on tour a couple times. I mean, I, I believe it because how can you be in this many successful bands and then not be a solo artist? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that that kind of that can kind of gauge how you are as a person or like in the music world that can kind of gauge how you are in the music world by by playing in different bands and getting along with all these different people in these different bands, but never having having made it a solo career. I mean, I know he has a solo career, but that obviously is like the bottom of the barrel for him. But he he's said that his solo stuff is his favorite. He says that well, he hates it's probably being, the most personal. He says that he hates being, he hates being, he hates the thought because he just turned 40 like a year or two ago. And so he hates the thought of people still wanting to see him play music when he's like 50. He's like, now I'm 40 and people are still coming out. He says like, why the fuck are people wanting to see me? But I'm just this old guy playing songs that I've been playing forever. 
And his solo record, I mean, he's been doing it for years, his solo stuff. But his solo stuff is almost exclusively acoustic. And it's very, you're right, it is very personal. But so is all of the other lyrics that he writes, dating back to, like, the movie life. Everything that he writes is no different than his solo stuff. It's just put to an acoustic tone, and he's not screaming. He's not yelling. He's not who we think Vinny should be sounding like. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, it's overly humble, and normally I would be... I would be cautious of somebody like this, but he but, just—I don't know. He just seems like a very genuine dude. He's very in touch with the fact that his his mental health is not where he'd like it to be. He has said very frequently, very very lately, that sometimes he feels almost there's another person inside of him mm-hmm. that tells him what to do, and he doesn't like what that person says. And it's reflective on some of the songs on this album as well that this person tells him what to do and what to say and things like that. And even though he doesn't agree with it, he has to listen because that's just who he is. And around this time when Avalanche was kind of on the decline in that they were bringing a breakup eventually, it was almost like he was just trying to tell people that he knows you're not okay, but it's okay to feel not okay. Yeah. And I think that's that's a good message. That's That's very, that's very, that's very, that's very important, especially at a time when like the whole mental health issue wasn't being as talked about as big as it is today. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, that's, that's like, I don't want to say groundbreaking cause it was done way before that, but to be very outspoken about it. Cause he's caught like most of the interviews that I read almost actually almost all of the interviews that I read this week at some point touched on that. Mm-hmm. So again, you can't take it, you know, cause that's what he wants to talk about. So the, the, therefore the interviewer has to curate his questions to what the video wants to talk about. But if it's that important to him that he constantly talks about this stuff, it's either a long con or he's just a he's just a normal dude. <laughs> I don't know. I guess this is this is too serious of a long con, you know. This is no Fred Durst or Dexter right. Holland of a long con that we always talk about. <clears throat> but also okay, so the song Is This Really Happening? This song is probably the mo besides gratitude, this is the song that that is the least depressing. Because it's just, this is what he said in in Rock Sound. This is what he said. He said, this is the first love song I'll ever, I'll, fuck. I'll ever Whew. write, don't This get is used the to first it. love song I've ever written, don't get used to it. That's what he said about this song. And it's, um, dude, it's a solid song, man. It's a great song. I I love this song to death. It's it, just it, that first verse, man, just kills me every time. It's okay. I'm going to read the first four sentences of it. Go for it. So he says, she's a golden ticket. A shining peach mixed in a drink that's resting on a chair in a desert land and not a grain of sand has compromised her worth. Saying that this girl is so perfect that mm-hmm. in a sea of shit, in a desert, yeah. not one piece of sand has fallen into that drink and tainted who she is. That's how perfect she is. That's how big of a pedestal he has put her on. And then he continues. I'm going to yeah. read the rest of it. I was, I was going to say, like, the, the second half, like, makes the first half even better because it shows how shitty of a person he is or, like, how he feels about himself. <laughs> how pathetic so he is. He yeah. says, and, and you're a broken man crawling on his hands and knees in that same desert land doing the best he can not to think about how he really needs that drink. It's great. Honestly, I think those are great lyrics. Oh my god, dude! Like, I you can't see my arms, but they got goosebumps on them. <laughs> like, not and then only, you transition to that chorus, <laughs> and then yeah, then he says, "Is this really?" And that's that. Is this real? That little build up, oh, I love and then it goes that. into, "Is that's this really so happening?" As if, it, as if that girl just looked at him one time, and he's like, "Holy fuck!" 
That mm-hmm. was all I needed. That everything is now worth it because the sun's shining down on him finally, right? Something good is actually finding, finally, finally happening to Fine. him. <laughs> finally, finally happening to him. You having a hard time with that one? I huh? know, I am. Just super excited. I'm excited <laughs> to be here, Chuck. That's it. <laughs> Man, it's so good. It's very. It's dude. Honestly, it's it. It made it made my playlist. It's um. Should I play a little bit of it? Yeah. So that one of uh, is everything. It, or is, not, is, it, really is everything. Fuck. Is this really happening? The song also like melody wise of what it kind of reminds me of hmm. is what Derek Wibley does in some 41. He, they, fuck. Derek Wibley has like perfected that, that, that vocal transition into a chorus. And that's what this song is. I, it, it just dawned on me hearing that right now. This is totally some 41, but I, 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 I could see that as a some four. I could see this as a some 41 song. Jeez. Like, and then if you think about it, okay, look at the first verse. You have like the first half of the verse, like where he's talking about her. He's like, he's playing like that. He's, he's doing the, the downstroke on the note. So he's just kind of like letting it ring out. And then the second half of the verse, he's doing the palm mute of that, that chord. And then it breaks into the chorus. And that is so some 41 right there. Like, like all killer, no filler, some 41 right there. That's yeah, it's, it's very it's very pop punk esque. I can see some forty one specifically doing this, maybe a little bit faster or heavier, and not as yeah more metal, pl- plain Jane as this is. Yeah, yeah, but not to knock this song because this song is really really good, but it has that that some forty one vibe for sure. The like good the, stuff, man. That those individual notes that they were, that were ringing out reminding me of of the song Canon and D, which we've talked about other bands kind of adopting that structure it's that like graduation type song you know what i mean oh, okay yeah, yeah and like green day's basket case has one that that's very reminiscent of that a lot of bands just take that and run with it and this one also also does that so that, that's kind of that's kind of fun and interesting i guess but yeah. um yeah i mean i like the way he rhymes in the first verse the way he rhymes all of these different words and it's not he's he didn't sing it the way I read it, so he 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 rhymes like land, man, hands, land, can. Yeah. 
and just the, like the pacing of his speech is is very it's very good. Yeah, it's solid. It's great, man. It's a great song. Great song. It's a perfect song, but that's fine. No, well, maybe, maybe it's close. It's, it's close. a perfect song. It's close. All right, what what do you got for your number two banger then? I'm curious. I mean, whatever. These are all bangers, and I'm going to be straight. These are all bangers to me. So, <laughs> so whatever you want to get into next is 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 what, is what we're going to do. Oh here. God, should I go with my number three banger? Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna go through my my five bangers, right? And yeah. then is that is that how you want to do it? That's that's fine. If I there's, if there's anything else I want to add, then I will add it. Then you'll add it. Okay. I mean, fair enough. Okay, my number three banger is uh, Dead Friends. Oof. I think this is. This is probably the most. This is probably the dark. No, this is the darkest part of the album. That's my least favorite musically, but my favorite song lyrically. I think the lyrics are amazing, and the way he. Okay, so Dead Friends. I mean, clearly, it's it's about it's a somber song, and it's just about friends that we've lost, not necessarily through death or whatever, but just growing apart, things like that. We we all lose friends. We gain new friends. It's, it's the matter. It's a fact of life. But sometimes the way he. He, he presents things is very, very powerful. And the actual letter itself to Katie, whoever Katie is, Katie could be a nobody, it could be somebody who knows. Mm-hmm. But the letter, he, he said, the letter you wrote, and then that could actually be taken as like a letter that somebody wrote before they died, before they took their life or whatever it was. And now finding that letter, like your initial reaction is, is sadness and then you get mad, like you're pissed. And when he's saying the letter you wrote, he's talking to his dead friend, title of a song, mm-hmm. and how pissed he is, and and how like mad he he and he is at that person. He wants to tell that person like, no, you, I I do care about you. Don't do it. But you're already gone, and it's already the too song. Late. The song is so sad. Oh my god, it's like, well, I couldn't believe how sad the song was when when I was reading the lyrics. We reading the lyrics, like what Jeff was saying, like in the intro, it says, "Here it is." It's the letter you wrote the night before you died, just so we would all know that it was not all good. In fact, the bottom dropped out. Oh, Katie, my love, there's nothing we can do now. Oh, my God. That is just, that's devastating right there. That that intro is just, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. That's just so fucking sad. This is the, this is the strongest song lyrically on this entire record. And then the first verse talks about, like, nobody was really listening to her. And then in the chorus, he kind of talks about how, you know, in hindsight, like you could see that she was carrying the, the weight of the world on her shoulders within her own mind. And that's kind of what led it to it. And then the second verse kind of talks about, you know, him kind of, it was almost like a nostalgia trip in the second verse talking about, um, you know, the memories he's had with her. Like in the second verse, he, the, he uses the lines, rewind the tapes and the years back to punk shows and diner food. Now no effects is in town and you're not in the mood. I'm sick of you being sick of yourself. Oh, this is, the song is so fucking deep. I, it's, the song's <laughs> perfection. Lyrically, the song is perfection. Absolutely. That's, this is, that's this is solid, straight yes. depression. This is straight depression and like and suicide how, right here. This is straight depression and how we don't care. How like society just generally does not care until it's too late, and then, yeah, or, and then society likes to say, "Oh, this happened. We should have done this. We should have done this." Because in the first verse, he's saying that this this person is out somewhere, and there's no one around except strangers and sort of friends. Like, how yeah. lonely is that? 
Like you're surrounded by people who you think do not care about you, even if they might yeah. like that, that, that sort of friends thing, like acquaintances, maybe like we don't know, maybe they are friends, but this person does not feel like they are friends. Yeah. And to end that first verse, he says, they're sick of you being sick of yourself. And then later on in the second verse, he says, I'm sick of you being sick of yourself. So that's, that's like a perfect way to, to present like depression is, is at first it starts with you just kind of being depressed and everyone else is kind of tired and slowly like your friends dissipate and like the sort of friends leave because they don't want to be around you. And then it gets so bad that eventually your true friends and family don't want to be around you. So nobody wants to be around you. And then you truly feel alone. And this song yeah. like progresses to that point. And at the, at the very end, like the last line he says, there's nothing we can do now. Oh, Deliberate. Ooh. That's so, the song is crazy good. Uh, just, well, it's not it's a, not he's just not afraid of this stuff, you know, and he's just not. But it's not even just the uh, the last line itself; it's the entire outro of what he says. He says, "Here it is. It's the letter you wrote, oh Katie, my love. There's nothing we can do now." Oh my God, it's heart wrenching. It is. It's it's it's, it's fucking heart wrenching. This whole song, man. This is like so wildly depressing but it just it means so much like it it has so much meaning i should say honestly this would be the number one song if the music was different if this was an acoustic song this would be easily be the best song on the whole record but i just feel like kind of how it's set up structurally and musically it's it's kind of it's all over the place there are cool parts but overall it's just whatever but the lyrics are the best on the whole album, easily the best on the entire record. It's good stuff. It is, and what I what I thought was really cool about this song too was that when the during the second verse when he talks about no effects, the second verse starts like a no effects song. So yeah, like, it comes listen- super fast and hard in that that drum beat that that really really fast like everything's just falling on top of each other type of beat. Yes, That's it's how so it cool. Starts off, yeah, it's a it's an amazing song, absolutely amazing. Did you playlist this song? I didn't because it's too depressing, oh. one, and two, because the song overall isn't like, I don't know. The song overall isn't that great. It's the lyrics that make this song yeah, and that no effects part, but that's only because the no effects part plays along with the lyrics. So otherwise, yeah, I, did, I didn't play this, this one, but it's good, man. <laughs> Dead Friends, man. That is just unbelievably good. <sighs> Should I move on to my number four? Yeah. I feel like I'm... Because you like all of these, so it's, I don't know, it's weird, man. Uh, four is Amsterdam. Okay. Amsterdam is my fourth banger. Uh, just, this is like a person, just like an own, my own nostalgia and my own personal thing. It just makes me nostalgic for traveling and, and Europe and going to Amsterdam and, it's like you and I were talking when you were here on Friday, yeah. you and I were just talking about <laughs> Europe and it was so weird because you and I were talking about that. And then yesterday when I was doing my lyric dive, I, I was reading, I'm like, dude, this is everything you and I were talking about the day before. Literally mm. we were talking about this shit the day before. Interesting. Mm. Super weird. Mm. Super weird. And notice that too, when I, when I was telling you, when we were talking, a lot of the memories have started to fade just because yeah. it's been so long and just inevitably these memories will fade but one thing that doesn't fade, at least for me, is the way I feel when I think about something. When I think about interlocking, we you talked did about say that. there are things that I feel, and my feeling stays with me more than the memories, more than the 
picture memories that we have. I think Amsterdam, the song, is specifically about just hanging out with your friends, but it's more about how you feel rather than an actual instance. And I know he said it's about being in Amsterdam and having a good time, but again, that's why I think that he may be in the long con business or he just may be too deep for his own good because this song <laughs> is about how he felt. It's not about being in Amsterdam. It's about how he felt being with his friends. Yeah. Especially when you have only your friends there, because when you and because when we were there, there was just three of us, and so that's all we had. That's all we knew. That was our only comfort zone. Were the three of us, and so it was just. It's a weird experience going to someplace completely new when you're that young, and you just you know nothing about what's going on. And so that 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 kind of like spawns like true happiness, right? Because. Yeah. You are you are like literally blocking everything out from your life at that moment, and you are focusing only on that feeling you were having at that moment with the yeah. people you were with. Exactly, like untouchable like, well, type of feeling. Well, it's, it's like the first verse, it's it says, I mean, minus the first line. So, so the whole verse one is to the coffee shop on a rented bike, eight a.m., feeling strangely close to home here with my closest friends. I mean, minus that first line about the rented bike in 8 a.m., but the, those next two lines are very much of how at least I felt when we were over there. It's just, you, it's, it's super weird because it's the only thing that you, that you can latch onto emotionally and, and mentally is what you know, and that's all you know are your friends. So it's just like you feel close to your friends because that feels like home. It's, super, it's a super weird feeling. It's, it's way deeper than it needs to be. But goddamn, dude, this song is so good too. <laughs> it's so fucking catchy too. It's annoying how catchy it is and how good th- this damn song is. I, I mean, okay, do you want to play it? What do you want to do here? I mean, I could play Amsterdam. I, I was also going to mention too, like you can, you could, you could take out Amsterdam and you could put whatever other city. Like you can, the song is ambiguous enough to where you can take the name out of the title and put whatever you want in it, as long as it pertains to you, and it's still the song generally still works which I think is really cool too. That's but true. in this instance, obviously it was about his own experience in Amsterdam. And, but he, and it, what's, what I like about it too is that he doesn't talk like anything specific about Amsterdam except for maybe like the bikes and the coffee shops. Yeah. But other than that, that could still be taken anywhere else. And just like walking around getting high, still got some... Yeah, know. that. but he doesn't really... There's more to it than just that. You That's know? true. I mean, you can smoke weed anywhere, but... Yeah, I agree. So like you, you, you literally could take out Amsterdam and put just like my house, right? Like the words yeah. "my house" and the song will lose no meaning. No, it's it's all from the perspective of the person reading it. Here's um, here's Amsterdam from "I'm That Lunch."
There you go. There's Amsterdam from I Am the Avalanche. Ooh. Oh, that's my favorite part right here. The whole album. That part you want me to play more? Oh, so good. It's <laughs> really good. Woo, boy. Is that, what that, a that, song. that line, too. Our eyes are burning holes in your streets. Like, our eyes are so mm-hmm. bright. Just like, we're so fucking excited to be here. I'm just excited to be here, man. I'm just excited to be alive. <laughs> I'm excited to be here with my friends. Show of hands. Who's having Whoa. a good time? Show of hands. Who's having a good time? Exactly. You know, that was our motto when we were there. Honestly, Damn. that was our motto. The song is so great, too, because like at, at a glance, first of all, like the, the outro intro from Brooklyn Dodgers to this one, how the, the feedback kind of like dissipates and then comes back in. Yeah. That's fun. But at a glance, the song is kind of like sloppy and weird. Like the guitar mutes and, the, and Vinny's vocals almost like don't match and they sound mm-hmm. a little off-putting. Like they're both trying to catch up with each other. And the way like the drums play off Vinny's vocals, like his pacing also is kind of weird. But everything comes together like in the chorus, and it's just—it's so fucking good. And it, this whole song just sounds like a bunch of drunken friends having a good night. Yeah, just sounds like a great time. So that's all—that's all for your your bangers. Oh, no, yeah, no, I got one more banger. banger. Yeah, one more banger. One more banger. I'm and I'll yell making sure I have one more banger. bangers. <laughs> uh, my my last banger, my five banger is uh, "Holy Fuck." Oh, okay. That's—I mean, we already talked about "Holy Fuck." So. Well, kind of. There's there's some important parts to "Holy Fuck" that are. That need okay. to be addressed. All right, go for it, man. So one naming like uh, I'm pretty sure this was like their first like single or release song that they wanted to show people. It was called "Holy Fuck," and so releasing a song that has the baddest of words would fuck be like the worst <laughs> of all words. Uh, no, maybe no, back no, no, then, no, no. Maybe. maybe back then, but not now. Not in the I feel like the there are some racial that words now. that are probably worse than fuck. But yeah. fu- fuck's top three. Top three worst words you could use, especially in a marketing standpoint. Oh, yeah. I, okay, yeah. In a marketing standpoint, yes. So, so given that the movie life kind of broke up because drive through is historically pop punk orientated, oriented. I think it's like pop. the third time I've said orientated. Is orientated a word? Uh, no, it is because yeah, it is orientated is a word. Does that mean like pop punk orient? Like someone's trying to orient me with something is orient. A word? I guess so. Um, yeah, so the first wow. the first thing they they release is "Holy Fuck," which is not really marketable on a, on a merchandise and things standpoint. So I think uh, I think this is kind of where I and the Avalanche really embraced their. I don't care anymore. I'm just here to hang out with my homies, type of thing. Because people complain about their first album because it was very similar to the movie Life, mm-hmm. and this one is not similar to the movie Life at all. Like this is completely different. But the yeah. first album had a very—it was basically like a bootleg movie life. In their first couple albums for the movie life, but yeah, but not only like holy fuck, but let's like also revert to the album art, right? So Vinny's not in the—he's not the focal point. He's not in the middle of that picture. Which one is he in the picture? He's on the right. If you're looking at the album, he's the one to the right. The one with his arm around the guy in the middle. Yeah. Okay. So. Like what front man is not in the center of the picture? If you're taking a picture of the band to be the front man and not be the center of the picture, that's that's like another reason why I think that I am the Avalanche is just here to have a good time. They they don't fucking care. 
you know who did that a lot? Did that a lot? Did, oh my god! Wow! Did that a lot was Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. A lot of pictures he's not in the forefront, and also like whenever they would play live, Kurt would always be on the side of the stage, and then Chris would be in the middle, and then Pat Smear would be on the the far the far side. That's interesting because I do think Vinny takes a lot from Kurt, and and just listening to a lot of Nirvana in the past couple of weeks. And still, even like this week too, listen to Nirvana. I yeah. I think that Vinny, I mean, I've never heard his influences outside of he hates pop punk music, which is funny. That's so weird. But I've I, I'm pretty damn sure. I would bet money that Kurt Cobain's like one of his his main influences because there's a lot of similarities between the two. Like they just don't fucking care. They don't care if you like the music. They don't care if you hate the music. They don't even care if you listen to the music. They just like hanging out with their friends and playing shit that they like. Yeah, it's and very pure. And that's tough, and and but you see it, right? You see it with this picture, the picture of Vinny's not in the middle, and it sounds like something so stupid and so minuscule and something so whatever. But if you're looking for a new band and you're flipping through CDs or albums and you see this, like, oh, like, wonder who that guy is. You're automatically going to point to the middle, no matter yeah, what, because you assume yeah, that's, that's the, the frontman, that's the guy that leads this band, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, going back to Holy Fuck, Holy Fuck is another. It's another way for the band to say we don't we don't really care. Here's just a really cool song that we like. And when I talked about like their 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 weird like transitions, the transition from the third verse to the last chorus is very janky. Like it builds it up, it builds it up, and then it goes real, real fast. But then it kind of like slows down and gets back into the other thing that they're doing. And it's it's really weird. Similar to like the plus forty four song, No It Isn't. Mm-hmm. how like it kind of builds and builds and builds and then when Travis comes in real hard with the drums but then it kind of goes into like this weird other Almost, thing. yeah it's like a pop punk beat at the end of that song but it like slows down and it's like oh I wanted more of what you just did but it's like mm-hmm. deliberate it's not because of bad writing which I think almost that plus 44 song is but yeah. this is like deliberate like we wanted to build you up just so we can bring you back down type of thing yeah I can see that <sighs> Reading everything else about him on this record, yeah, I can I can see that being done deliberately, not just bad songwriting. Perfectly placed haze and the gang vocals. That's what I was going to say. The woes and all the harms and everything, those are they're solid. It, it's a great opener, a great fucking opener. I think it's great. But then lyrically, it's it's a pretty uh, like sad thing. You know, it, t- it talks about divorce and how he relates that to being in a band as well and leaving a band. I think this is this song is also not only I don't know if he was divorced at the, or divorced just got divorced at this time but comparing that to like you know I'm assuming the movie life breakup and kind of relating those two with one another I thought that was good a good way a good good lyrics those were good lyrics like holy fuck yeah you're right it's about like breakup essentially it's about getting back out there getting back on your feet dealing with the world who has not stopped turning the world's mm-hmm. still going everybody does not care about your personal problems Things move forward. Yeah. So it's kind of up to you to, to get back in your feet, get back out there and, and become whatever you perceive as normal. And so when the movie life broke up, like they broke up specifically because when they signed the drive through, like there was there was there was differences within their band on the direction of their music. Mm-hmm. And again, like drive through is very pop punk orient oriented. <laughs> orientated. <laughs> and so some of the members didn't no, like that. It's oriented, I oriented. Think in this context. Yeah. Oriented. So yeah, some of the members didn't like that, and that's the reason why they broke up. Where I am the Avalanche, they essentially broke up because one of the guys 
left to go run the two bars that he owns, Mikey Irem, the guitarist. Like he, he fucking loved to drink. And he owns two bars in New York. And he left the band to go focus on those bars and become like a, I don't know, like a, like a, like an owner, I guess. I don't know. The mixologist. Yeah, mixologist. And then <laughs> and then another guy, I think it was the bass player, Kellen Rob, Robs, Robson, like he left just to spend more time with his family. He's just like, I'm done with this rock star stuff. I'm going to go home. Like That's Tom cool. Hanks and fucking uh, Forrest Gump. Like, I'm, I'm going to go home now. I'm tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and that was it. And it's just, it's, it's cool to see like Vinny progress from the movie life where it kind of imploded, right? Everyone mm-hmm. was sick of it and they, they broke up to the, I'm the avalanche, which Vinny clearly spends more time with. Cause I think his lyrics are a lot deeper than he did with movie life, Okay, but they broke up on better terms. Yeah. It was for lack of a better word. It was more organic. Yeah. I, fucking hate that. I don't know why. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> Take that off the pod. But damn, this is a good song. Yeah, man, it is. All right, now we're gonna get into the into the good songs. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm I'm done with my bangers. So <laughs> everything from here on out for me at least is okay to good. So what what else you got? Well, Oof, what do you got there? What do you, what are you cracking open there? This is a uh, Michelob Ultra Infusion Prickly Pear Cactus and Lime. Ooh. Oh shit! I just dropped my beer. Luckily, it wasn't open yet. Oh, I was going to say, like, you're very <laughs> calm for having beer spill out all over your carpet. <laughs> no, I dropped the can. So, yeah, so here we go. So I just got a new can out so it doesn't explode all over my face. Okay, well, there's really there's three more songs I would like to talk about. Okay, yeah, let's do it. So the first one is, uh, th- this one's on me. Okay, why um, is that? Well, so, okay, so this one has chicka chicka, the chicka chicka. And and this one this one's fun because it just kind of it just I love how easy these guys are. These guys are just they're easy dudes. Some songs are so damn basic and straightforward, you just, you can't help but think that they are your drinking buddies. If at any point you would walk into the bar that they're at and like, hey, can I drink with you guys? They'd be like, yeah, and they'd buy you a drink, and then y'all get drunk, and then never talk again. But for that one night, you're the best friends ever. It's it's a cool song about hanging out. And these guys just I get it. Like it's fun. I don't know. It's yeah, it's, it's fun. fun it's jam. fun, fun, fun. And one of the things let's see, is this one? Yeah, it's this one. This is like a better drinking song, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a better drinking song than anything Dropkick Murphys have ever done. Uh, and I don't care. Maybe, maybe, but this is this is a better drinking maybe. song because it actually talks about the real part of drinking, not like I drink beer. This one specifically calls out certain <laughs> things that are fun when you when you drink with people. He calls out people in his group that have a tab open and he says, mm-hmm. Oh, like PJ's got a tab, you know what that means. Let's fucking run it up. <laughs> that's that's what you do when you're drinking. And then he talks about Brendan's behind the bar, like his friend Brendan's behind the bar. Like clearly we're gonna get fucking annihilated because our friend is behind the bar he's gonna overpour shit but everything's just fine and then he talks about how he says look at the way the city's looking back at us i wonder if it knows mm-hmm. our name like just oh, just yeah. picture like stumbling through not just new york but any city any town any street where you've stumbled through so many times like i wonder if the fucking city knows us well, like, let me let me let me paint the picture a little bit more here because the that entire I guess it would be a, the verse, right? Yeah, that would be the second verse. So the entire verse says, 
We eventually take it to the roof. If it had eyes, it could write five books about, about the way we acted. Some was charming, some was tragic. It's a perfect night for a talk. Look at the way the city's looking back at us. I wonder if it knows our names. I think lyrically, dude, that's fantastic. Because <laughs> if you've ever been out, you know, hanging with your friends, like close friends, everybody's experienced something like this to where, to where you feel that sort of like bliss, you know? Like you you've own the night. Ju- you own this city. You've, ju- you've had enough to drink. Like you're not to the point where you're blackout. You're still remembering everything. And you just, that, that euphoric moment, this verse perfectly exemplifies that euphoric moment of hanging out with, with your, your closest buddies and just having a blast for whatever <laughs> reason, you know, the, the line where it says, oh, which about the sun? Some, some, some was charming, some was tragic. Like we've had, we've all had nights where we've hung <laughs> out where, where parts of the night are just truly the, the greatest. And then part of that same night even are truly just like, dude, what the fuck? This is awful. This is shit. Yes. And like one of my so. favorite lines too in this song is when he talks about how the sun is coming up again. Again, mm-hmm. like they've been drinking all fucking day. And then he says, yo, man, you think I fucking care? <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's like, I think you've had enough. No, we have not had enough. Let's keep going. <laughs> like, that's so fucking solid. It's so good. And then he calls out later on, he says, basically, he's calling out the people that are tired. Like their eyes mm-hmm. are getting drowsy and they're getting tired. He says, no, but we still have drinks that need to be drank. Yeah. Like no matter what. We're going to finish these drinks and shots and then we're going to be done for the night, even though it's 430 in the morning. Yeah. But then he also like, you know, in the first part of it, he he shouts out his friends who, who can't come out, you know, so this like this one's on them, you know, it's like th- this drinks on them wishing that they were here. So it's like it's not like a like it's just them kind of missing their their buddies who couldn't make it out for whatever reason, you know, I which think, I like too. I think that specifically, too, is not s- just only to like the friends that had to work or whatever. I think it's like, it's, it's about their friends that no longer are alive that don't live oh, even yeah. quite near them. Like that, that line alone. I mean, just given how, how emotional Vinny is like that, that line itself could mean so many things. And I like that it kicks off with like, let's remember those, but then let's get fucked up after. Yeah. And like, what better way, I don't know, to, to honor your, your, your friends who love to drink with you than just to keep drinking. Yeah, and it's such yeah. like it's 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 such an old part of like human culture, just to drink. And, and I've always said, yeah, I still say and it today, it's drink and socialize. It's it's the socializing. People that. people that don't drink that don't, have never really drank that just don't. I don't trust them. I don't trust people that don't drink. Don't. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Don't trust them. Now, if you if you drank before and for some reason you have decided to stop, I can understand that. But if you just like no, I've I've never really drank. Never drank. I don't I don't trust it. Don't. Don't do it. I don't trust him. On that. That's because you're busy. Well, you know, that's been said before. Best part of this song is at the two-minute mark. Go ahead and play it. The last part, this is fucking killer. The two-minute mark? Two-minute mark. All right. Let me see here. Not 158. Don't put a little bit of breath. Two-minute mark. <laughs> you know, you, why you were fucking bossy? Because I've noticed every time I tell you to play it, like the two-minute, oh, here's the, the 155 mark. I think you'll play it there. Well, I don't How was that? It was still good though, that's fine. I did I actually set it exactly at the 158 mark. 
<laughs> just because why not? No, the Man, part's cool just, too. It's just that scream. Like, like how many times do we get drunk? And I mean, you're, you're even when you're drunk, you're more relaxed. But yeah, whenever I don't get as wild as you guys. Whenever the most, like, whenever a lot of us get drunk in our group of friends, we get like overly not just, like aggressive, just overly obnoxious and loud. And yeah. I feel like none of us really are get like combative or aggressive. We just get very annoying. Yeah, it's more annoying than aggressive. For like, sure, absolutely. I, like that that yell, that was the loudest and longest and most intense yell he did on the entire record. And the fact yeah. that it came from a drinking song is just so it's so perfect. It's so perfect. That's why everything mm-hmm. I think he does is just so deliberate, so calculated, and just so honest. Like it comes naturally to him to do these things. He's a, he's a good lyricist for sure. Absolutely. Oh, so good. It might be he? the best part of this band. Ooh. Oh, there's for sure be the best, the part, best part of this band. The second part is the bass playing for me. I, I guess. God, I guess. There's just some songs that are just so squirrely and good. All right, what, what's another banger for you? Uh, Casey's song. Really? Right, Casey Needs a Holiday. It's a, it's a bouncy banger, I called it here. Okay. The yeah, intro is super cool, and the bass does like this upward slide, and the drums come in. <laughs> that's like mm-hmm. pop punk written all over it. Yeah, but that's more your your territory than mine. But a couple of things that I really like about this, the transition to the second verse, it's so abrupt, it's so jerky, and that same I Am The Avalanche style, it's great. And mm-hmm. then at the 140 minute mark, if you want to play that one, I could. this Iron Man transition is so fun. Love what's it. The, what's the mark? 140. 140? 40 ounces to freedom. 140 All ounces right. to freedom. Here we go. Is that what you wanted? That was close enough. <laughs> I, you really like this song that much, huh? Oh, yeah, this song's fantastic. This is a perfect song. I mean, yeah, it's like Easy. a cool shout-out to a, a cool friend, but I don't know. Other than that, I felt like it's it's pretty run-of-the-mill I Am The Avalanche See, like overall. this song again, I, I, I get it. Like he's, He knew a person who he wanted to, to help out because that person had a tough life, but he's always a hard worker and a good friend, but... That's like on the surface. And again, I either Vinny's playing the long con with these interviews or he's writing deeper than he actually than he actually even thinks because this is not just about one person. This is about everybody that he's come into contact with that has helped him in a way that he maybe couldn't even help himself. And this mm-hmm. is a song for that person or those people or that group or anybody in his life that he wants to say thank you to but doesn't even realize that he needs to say thank you. Mm. I mean, that's could be right you could be right on that one like Vinny is not shy about saying thank you and almost every interview you read there's always somewhere in there where he says oh i just want to say thank you to this person for helping me through this time or this group for helping me through this time and this guy just for just for being there once for listening to me and, and my problems like he's not shy about saying thank you to anybody and then that's, that's what makes cool. everything so 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 like honest he's so he's so not conceited Mm-hmm. You just, like you have to take him as just a good person, man. It's just so fun. Even he when seems he's not like fun, he's fun. And the last song I want to talk about, which I think you probably don't even like at all, but it's the song 
the Gravedigger's argument. Why? Because it's the Bayside guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, your fascination with Bayside, I don't get it. Don't I just forget, don't too, get that the, the bass player, the short-term bass player for the movie life went on to be the, the long-term bass player in Bayside. <sighs> and love them or no. hate them, Bayside, Bayside is very, very popular. Yeah, they are. They're absolutely. They have a the huge only, following. The one thing I that I thought was weird about this one that didn't really mesh well for me was the it starts pretty it starts off pretty like punk and fast and up tempo but then once you hit the chorus it gets like super pop punk and it just kind of ruins i guess kind of the edge or the vibe of the the rest of the song it's it's a very choppy song very very choppy song yeah not necessarily bad just choppy it it is definitely choppy and to be fair i think that anthony's his anthony renary renary Mm-hmm. That's the singer from Bayside. He has the uh, like the second or third verse or like the bridge or something. Yeah, it's the bridge, and then him and Vinny Game sing box. the third verse. Yeah, but you can barely hear Anthony on the third verse. It's, yeah, you can mainly hear Vinny. So, so like one Anthony himself, he has a very unique voice. If love it or hate it, it's, it's very unique to him. The way he sings, it's it, the pacing is weird. It's awkward. And it doesn't fit with the song the way he st- he sings because his style is so different than like I am the Avalanche. Yeah. But like that's the point again. I think I think they set this song up perfectly to break up like that that style that I am the Avalanche does by bringing Anthony in there. And Anthony can play guitar. He's he's a good guitar player because he plays in bassside as well, right? Yeah, he plays guitar in bassside. He's he's a rhythm guitarist for whatever that's worth. But I mean, Vinny plays hey, man, guitar. James too. Hetfield, James that's Hetfield, that's greatest true. rhythm guitar player of all time. Mm. I said rhythm. I said rhythm. Well, Malcolm Young. Oh, come on, dude. James Hetfield. Come You're on. You're telling me James Hetfield is a better rhythm James... guitarist than Malcolm Young? Yes. Yes. You're I stand stupid. by that. You're, I stand by stupid. that. That's just a James, dumb comment. James Hetfield's right hand. When you're done oh drinking, God, you'll dude. realize what you said, and then you'll apologize in the next podcast for James it. James Hetfield's fine, right hand is just... His That's right hand is better than most lead players. Like modern lead players. That's fine. I mean, you'll... you'll You'll understand what you said, and then you'll you'll come back for it. That's fine. <laughs> James Hetfield is, is, is the best, best best rhythm guitar player, better than Malcolm apologies. Young. Because also, ACDC is a wildly overrated band. I lo- I like ACDC, ACDC a lot, but they're still overrated. Nobody's talking about ACDC. What? Nobody's talking about ACDC. I just said Malcolm Young. Yeah, Malcolm Young from ACDC. Yeah, the greatest rhythm guitarist of all time. No, he's not. But anyway, wrong, false. You're going to feel pretty stupid tomorrow when you edit this or today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue with uh with with this. The this song this song is just fun because uh again, Vinny had already worked with somebody that was on Bayside and they've toured a lot and on I mean, Bayside or in Bayside? I guess both. <laughs> okay, sorry, continue. I mean, there's a Bayside street in like Newport and there's also a Bayside city probably in every state. Yeah, probably. Even the non-coastal states who try and pretend like they have coasts, they name streets like Bayside or Oceanside or Riverfront or whatever streets. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, go. It's a good song. I don't even care. Even, even with Anthony's weird comment. That's like just how he sings. I feel like they, it wasn't his vocals that were bad. It was just that he was in so little of the song. Like it, At least have have... Anthony do the choruses or kind of like switch off in the verses or, or like have 
have Anthony do the first verse and then Vinny do the second verse and then they, they do something together during the chorus. But you get through most of the song before you even hear Anthony sing on it. This is one of those times where we talk about where this is just a song featuring somebody rather than a song yeah. with somebody. I know. I hate the featured shit. Yeah, and that sucks. So like a lot of stuff Vinny does. So Vinny did a, a song with Set Your Goals from their mm-hmm. like second album or something like that. Like This Will Be the Death of Us, I think it's called. And that's a song, but if you look at the song title, you would never know Vinny's in it because it doesn't say featuring or with Vinny or nothing like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, you hear a different vocalist, and like, who the fuck is that? And then you look it up, and it's Vinny. Like, that I like. If you're just going to have somebody come in, sing a verse, and call it a day, then like, don't even credit them because now you're just kind of, you're begging, right? Like the dog, I'm yeah. doing the hand motions, this dog begging for a treat with my front <laughs> paws up. You just kind of, you just, you're begging for that other demographic of fans. I feel like the the band that has done it the best with one of their songs is Rage Against the Machine in Know Your Enemy. During the bridge, the vocals are done by Maynard from Tool, but he's not credited. Right, like, you never in the song know. Or anything. Unless you're I, ahead. Like, I, think le- I think up until probably this year when we started doing our Rage pod, I never knew that was Maynard until we were doing the pod. I always thought it was like Tom Morello doing that that bridge part. Always thought it was Tom. That's fair, though. I mean, never thought it was Maynard. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's another. That's a. That's a. I feel is a, a great example of a band doing it right. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? That's fine, right. though. I guess I know. There's only like three this, more songs we haven't talked about. This, I mean, honestly, the this song isn't bad. This song's bad, not bad at all. I just feel like it. It's more of it's probably the most cookie cutter song on the record. And it kind of shows when, especially coming off of like all the songs we've already talked about, like Dead Friends, Holy Fuck, and stuff like that. It's just, there's so many better parts of this to when you hear the cookie cutter, like it just sounds off. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense in the context of the album, but that's just me. Okay. Just me. It's wrong, but okay. I'm right. I'm absolutely right. Do you want to talk about anything else? Do you want to wrap it up and rate it? What do you want to do? Uh, I mean, it's it's up to you. There's only four songs left. I got notes on them. If you want to talk about them, we can. If you think they're okay, we don't have to talk about them. So we we have, um, I'll be back around. We have. You got spiders. Uh, you've got spi- you spiders. Got spiders. <laughs> uh, the Place You Love Is Gone, which I don't like that song. And I don't know, man. I Honestly, I don't really care for. You've Got Spiders is just. Maybe we could talk about that just because that one part where he says it is just so bad. See, that's that's what they do. They they try they try and make these weird stop and goes because you got spiders part when he actually says it slows oh, down and then it. you got spiders. It doesn't even flow. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's awkward. It's, it's gross. It's 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 not fun to sing. But because they're so overconfident in it, it works, and it mm. works in this song. I don't know, man. I can't get behind that one. And like the way it's he flexes just, it, his pipes in the in the, in the, in the last chorus is, is fucking gold. It's just a little bit different. Oh, it's so gold. Pure I just gold. remember the first liquid gold. The, when I heard that, and I heard him say, "You've got spiders," I was just like, "Am I listening to say anything, or or what's going on?" Like, no, that's just because you only know one song where somebody <laughs> says spiders it, in it. But it's also like so off-putting that that it reminds you of say anything because say anything is just so like uncomfortable and just kind of not good. And that's how I feel this song, or that part is, at least. Like, it distracts from everything else in, in the song. 
It's like right after he says, you got spiders, it just slows down for like a half a second and then it goes back into the you recognize part. And I just don't damn, get it, man. It's, good. it's a good song. <laughs> it's too good. It? It's just very like flippant. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> make much sense, man. Should I play it and then we'll rank him? Rank, rank the song or uh, rate the album? Yeah, do it. Do it okay. and then we'll do it. Do it and we'll do it. We'll, we'll do it and then we'll do it. Yeah, do it and we'll do it. Okay, so here is the song You've Got Spiders. I'm I'm that one. Dude, I hate it so much. So good. Oh, I hate it. Like completely (laughs) unnecessary. Oh, it does not even like fit. But because again, dude, because they're just so like we can fucking do whatever we want because this is our band, and this is what we like. Therefore, if you don't like it, then go fuck yourself. I don't care. Love it. Yeah, I love that kind of attitude. And I, I got that kind of attitude even more when listening to Nirvana. There's a lot of things in Nirvana that just don't make sense. But because knowing who Nirvana was and how much they didn't give a fuck and how much they they liked playing what they liked to play, yeah. it worked. But the, the the difference between Kurt or Nirvana and this is that they consistently did it. Like they, they don't. I am the Avalanche and Vinnie Caruna don't really do that as much, or they're more subtle about it. Like Kurt just didn't give a shit. Like he just did whatever the fuck he wanted what he thought sounded good and no matter how quirky it was, he did it. But I'm the avalanche is, is, is more tame than Nirvana. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's, they're only more tame because they didn't like invent a style. <laughs> but as, as far as like being tame, I mean, don't forget like Vinny luckily is more open about his, his about himself and, and his problems and his mental health. And like, so had, was Kurt. Like, had he been more open about it, I guess, maybe things would have worked out differently for him. I don't know. Who, for Kurt? Yeah. Kurt was murdered. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm not saying he wasn't, but... You know what? You know, the, the okay, so, so regarding Nirvana, like we talked about on that episode when we did In Utero, you, prior to that, you had just... All you did was make fun of me for liking Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, and you've always said that I was stupid or crazy for thinking You're... that he was murdered and this and that. But then once you started to look into it a little bit and you started to read more about how, like the intricacies of everything, you came around. You came around real quick on that. Did you just on like, taking you, a side. You, you like glossed over everything and, and <laughs> took everything to the extreme. Like, no, none of those are true. But you did. I've you, never you definitively really... said, I don't believe you that Kurt was murdered. No, I've looked into it before. I still don't think he was murdered. No. I think there's a, lot of, there, there's a lot of hearsay evidence. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence to support the fact that he was murdered. But, I mean, that's okay. I guess. Maybe. Possibly. It's, it's, it, it could happen. 
Just because we've seen they, it in the X Files, we see a lot of circumstantial evidence that's that a TV ends up being show. real. <laughs> X Files is real. Come that's on, a dude. TV show. X Files. We just watched an episode where we, today we watched an episode where where Mulder was framed for killing two people, and it was all based on circumstantial. And then. Wait. Oh, don't get me wrong. Circum- people have been put to jail for circumstantial evidence. Yeah, you it happens see, all the time. You see two people walk into a room, and one walks out covered in blood, and the other person's dead inside that room. I don't need to be in that room to realize that they probably fucking killed the other person. Like that—that's what that circumstantial ends up not being evidence the case. is. People have been put to jail for that, though. People go to jail for circumstantial evidence. Circumstantial evidence doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily a bad thing, but given that the case for for Kurt Cobain is is so like. It's so cut and dry. Like they it's found not cut and dry like because there's so many shady things. But there ah. wasn't anything there to, to overturn anything. Even such a high-profile case where so much money is involved and people still are, are donating and, and calling and, and trying to help, there's, I mean, there's just no reason for it other than this huge cover-up. But like, why would anybody cover that up? Like, who the fuck wants Courtney Love? Like, who cares? Ah, Courtney Love's the worst. One of the worst. So what do you got for the rest of the album? What, what do you want to do? You want to rank them? Or yeah. rate, dude, why do I keep saying rank? Yeah, we can rank, we can rank this album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you want to rate this album? <laughs> Out of our three-point rating system, where three is a perfect album, Man. two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album, but give it a shot, and zero is where you've had your ears run over by a truck. Well, so I mean, you've like had your ears permanently run over by a truck. But so, so then maybe that'll say something about my my rating on this. Yeah, I don't know, this right? is a this this album this album. This is a perfect three. This is a perfect album. Whoa! Yeah, there's I can't. Whoa! I was trying to rack my brain trying to think of anything bad about this album, and even like the That's you got spiders part. I love that part because it's it's just it just shows that they they're writing music for themselves, and if you get oh it, you get God. it. If you don't, you don't. It is what it is. You got spiders. <laughs> it's so and the sp- fact that you sing it like Mike makes it even better for me too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like that's so much better. I love it. Uh, but yeah, this is this is an absolute perfect album. This is a banger of an album, and I'm, I'm almost hesitant to even like toss this album into my top five of all time. Dude, oh my god, that'd be shocking. Woo. Oh my god, it's, that, it's that's crazy. Like- it is crazy how much I love this album. I don't know. I, I don't even know. I guess I guess we all surprise each other with how we rate and rank things because yeah, it's just I this being in your top five is insane to me to think. It's good. It's very good, but it's not a top five. Not even like top fifty. That's you're crazy. And I yeah. cannot believe you gave it a perfect three. Well, it deserves a perfect three, but that's fine. <sighs> all right. Well, you know, the only reason why I've ever been into this band or ever have listened to this band is through you. You're the only reason why. And um, honestly, man, I know we, we did this record several years ago and I don't even remember what I said or how I ranked it. Or if, even if we ranked it or if we rated albums to what? I don't know why I keep saying ranked. Mm-hmm. Fucking shit. Holy shit. I don't even think we rated albums at the time. But... Honestly, this was a great listen. This was a great week listening to music with I Am The Avalanche, The Movie Life, and Peaced Out. All three bands, very, very, very good bands. I honestly don't have much bad to say about any of them, except for like the last I Am The Avalanche record, which I just thought was not very good, and some of the Movie Life stuff. 
but overall man this album is is fucking solid i'm gonna give this album i'm gonna give it a 2.7 oh damn that's really high i just i i think his i mean i've never been a lyric man but his lyrics are just so good i i think pretty much the lyrics in, in dead friends i really that in amsterdam dead friends in amsterdam those two songs right there i think on this record are my favorite parts of the entire record. Are the lyrics two point seven? Though. I'm not even mad. And that and that's honestly, if his lyrics were bad, it would be under a two. Oof. But his lyrics are that good, and those two spo- songs, especially "Dead Friends," is that good. Honestly, that fucking good. He has a way with words that is just not cryptic, and that's not. He doesn't use a lot of metaphors. He's pretty straightforward. But he has a way of conv- of using his words to convey the message in a very, I guess, upfront, but not offensive way, and not a cheesy way. He's good at it. He he's good at it, and the way he 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 presents it is on top of it is really good. So, yeah, I'm gonna give this a two point seven. This record, I'm, only again, be- I'm, mainly because of the lyrics. Mainly because of the lyrics. I, I I was I was bracing for like a two point. Actually, I was bracing for like a two. <laughs> There are some good songs, but I'll never come back to this or two. I don't know the lyrical content of their first record, but this is pretty much why this is way higher than the first record. Is because I've I've only dived I've only dove into these lyrics on this record. But who knows? Maybe his lyrics are better on the first record. I didn't look into it. But yeah. That's where I'm at. Two point seven out of three on this record. I think it's solid shit. That's that's um I don't have anything to say. That's good. That's all. <laughs> I don't know. That's good. I'm fucking surprised. I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's 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 good. It's all lyrics, man. I'd never in my whole life I never thought I'd be a lyric man, but it it's finally happened. It's finally happened. That's good. Oh boy. You're growing. Well, I've already been grown. I've just well, kind of exploring my growing, growth. But- I I'm 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 just exploring my already grown growth. If that make that makes no sense, but that's okay. Nothing about life makes sense. All right, we got anything else to say? What, what do you want to do? What, what do you got here? We got anything? That's, no, that, that I thought I I was expecting the outro music to play, but <laughs> it's not playing. There it is. Now okay, now yeah, we can. Yeah, I mean, it's always playing. It's always playing. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to Asinine Radio. I think next week's going to be a really good one too. Uh, we've, I think, we've already decided on the album, but we'll, you'll, you'll see when we get there. Uh, but thank you all for listening to the to the podcast. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And if you want to get really wild, go listen to Rage Against the Pod because Ooh. that's our side that that's our side pod. That's our lovely side pod that we love so much. Where we get into a Rage Against the Machine song every episode, a different one. So get into that if you even get this far in the pod. But thank you all for listening. And that's it. That's all. Great job. So what, I guess what, the, what, what would you rate that? What, 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 what would you uh, do? I'd give it a solid two.
Could not that's, do it, man. That's crazy. Maybe you don't like thanking people. Do you not like thanking people or something? No, I hate thanking people. Yeah, people okay. Well, that, that could be a reason why. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your, your lack of gratitude I, makes I never I never show people. appreciation toward anything. It is what it is. <sighs> you got spiders. <laughs> so and the s- fact that you sing it like Mike makes it even better for me too. I know. 